You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. On this Father's Day weekend, it's our 27th year on the air, the weekend of Friday, June 17th. 2022, always giving you the Friday date so you can come back and visit us at intotomorrow.com. Check our show notes if you'd like more info or you want to hear a call, maybe your call that you missed, and you can check it out that way. And we're coming to you from the Dexcom G6 Studios. The future of diabetes management is here. Visit dexcom.com to learn more. That's D E X C O M. Dot com. And like the announcer dude said, I am Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. Happy Father's Day, Pops. And happy Father's <laughs> Day to you. Thank you. On Cameron's behalf. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> My pleasure. Happy Father's Day to even the pet parents. Yeah. Forgot to say that on Mother's Day, but hey, you know, like Erasmo, our senior editor and so forth working on the show, he's he's a father of many furried Four-legged. He's got fur babies. He's got fur babies, yeah. <laughs> Not so many babies anymore. Yeah. They're probably all grown. Probably. But but there you go. So happy Dad's Day to all the dads out there. Hopefully you've not been forgotten as it relates to tech gifts because, goodness, what dad doesn't like a tech gift? Yeah, and if your kids didn't get you a tech gift, they need to be listening to Into Tomorrow. That's true because we're full of it. Yeah, full of something. Ideas <laughs> for for tech kind of stuff. You must have heard about this. Elon Musk voted Republican for the first time this week, helping to elect the first Mexican-American woman to the House and saying, or tweeting actually, that a red wave is coming this year. Hmm. So certainly got a lot of attention this past week. You mean Elon Musk, who's no longer in the $200 billion club? Yeah, the poor guy. Yeah. There was only one member of the $200 billion worth club, and it was him. But he's still the richest person in the world. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't think it affected him much. Probably you know, not. maybe he skipped breakfast or something to save money. <laughs> I don't think so. But, yeah, poor poor Elon, not in the $200 billion club. He's still in the $197 billion club or something like that. Uh-huh. But don't forget the important things that we like to remind you of each and every week here on the broadcast. Back up your important data. That's number number uno. And check your spam filters. Numero dos. (laughs) (laughs) Because your important data is important. That's why you're backing it up. And remember, an off-premise backup as well, either at Grandma's house or the cloud, But it's more than just your banking info. If you've got important pictures and videos, and who doesn't? They need to be not only on your phone, for example. you got important pictures from the kid's birthday or grandkids or any number of things. Back them up. Put them somewhere safe in the cloud, extra copy, uh, an external hard drive of some sort from your computer, your phone, your tablet, whatever's important. 
Well, I've been having to delete a bunch of pictures and videos from my phone because my, my iCloud is full and I'm too cheap to give Apple more than the $2 a month I'm already giving them for 50 gig of data. <laughs> so I've just been having to keep my data under 50 gig. How much more do they want for more gig? I don't know. Too much. Too much. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> more than I want to give them. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's, that's understandable then. So don't get, well, first of all, Apple doesn't deserve any more money anyway. Yeah, this so, is true. So don't don't give them any. Okay. All right. But so we do remind folks to back up your important data and the whole check your spam filters thing. We have more and more people that say, you know what? I'm so glad you remind me of that every week because they forget. And then they realized, oh, my gosh, there was an email we had somebody say the other day from their boss who was very upset that they didn't get back to them. They found it in their spam filter. And I thought, okay, well, that's not good. No. I mean, more things have ended up in folks' spam filters that are clearly not spam. So a lot of the spam filters have become very aggressive, which is a good and bad thing. Because you're not getting, hopefully, as much spam, but then you're also not getting all your legit emails. So anything, for example, from Graveline.com, if you sign up for our free once-a-week tech newsletter. Or more importantly, if you've been on the show and you want to qualify because you've been heard on the air for our cool into tomorrow hot summer giveaway, then you're going to get an email from the prize team that says, click here and fill out the info so we can send you prizes. I'm, I mean, we're talking about things like a $1,500 e-bike, a bunch of Bluetooth speakers. We got security lights with cameras, cell phone signal boosters, two terabyte backup drives for your backing up of important stuff, mini dishwashers, and a whole plethora of goodies. Stay tuned. We'll tell you more about them. Yeah, Bob, and we're not talking about a, you know, a dwarf named Bob that's coming to come to your house to wash your dishes. <laughs> I don't think you can say dwarf. That's not politically that's, correct. That's the word that the, I thought they wanted small people. Little people. Little sure. people. Or, yeah. Whatever the term we're supposed to be currently using. Okay. <laughs> but right. It's not that. It's not a person. It's a dishwasher. Yeah. A small dishwasher made for one person or a couple. Yeah. I welcome your hate mail. <laughs> Chris at graveline.com. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Whoa, now you've done it. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Send it to Chris at graveline.com. I won't check my spam filter. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they see those won't end up in, in your spam filter. They'll yeah. go right to you. True. Maybe some folks want to submit some hmm thoughts for the tech yeah. newsletter and you'll credit them. They can send that to Chris at graveline.com too. Yeah. All righty. Internet Explorer is officially dead. Yeah. Should should we have a moment of silence? Uh, uh, No, too much. Okay, that would have Uh, been it anyway. Yeah, Microsoft retired Internet Explorer this week after nearly 27 years. The aging web browser is being sunset in favor of Microsoft Edge, with support being officially withdrawn for IE11 this week. It's the end of an Internet era after Microsoft initially moved away from the Internet Explorer branding with the release of Windows 10 in 2015. Now, for consumers, not much changes. Usage of Internet Explorer has plummeted in recent years, with StatCounter showing IE has less than half a percent of overall browser market share. Yeah, because everybody knew that Internet Explorer sucked. Yeah. And uh, Edge, I think, isn't that much better. I mean, it's got many improvements, finally. But, yeah, it's no wonder. Most people are, oh, Internet Explorer, I, do I even still have that? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, if you're like you know the majority of people using Chrome anyway, because that still by far has the largest market share of browsers. Yep, and my second one is Firefox. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't use IE. Haven't I mean, used I, it I forever. Use, I use almost all of them. I've got Firefox, IE, Opera, the whatever the Edge, whatever we've. Yeah, you're say. not you're not a Mac person, so you don't no. have Safari. Well, I don't think you can get Safari on a PC. 
Well, that's why I said you're yeah. not a Mac person, yeah. so you'd, oh, jeez. Oh. Does anyone <laughs> listen to me anymore on the air? Huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration announced this week that nearly 400 crashes of vehicles with partially automated driver assist systems, including 273 involving Teslas, have occurred in the last year. 400 accidents. They said that Tesla crashes happened while vehicles were using autopilot, full self-driving, traffic-aware cruise control, or other driver assist systems. So if you've got a vehicle, and I do too, my new MDX has not a full-fledged you know, go to sleep, take a nap, read the newspaper. Newspaper, they still have them. Uh, you know, read a book, do whatever. Uh, check your your email. That doesn't have that kind of a feature that does everything. But I can let go of the steering wheel, especially in cruise control, and it'll go around curves and, and keep me in lane and, and so forth. But, of course, Teslas, they tell you, you know, lay back, take a nap, have a good time. Yeah, no, 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 no. Be careful. You don't want to be a statistic and end up in a vehicle crash because, again, 400 of them, and it's not just Teslas, but the majority of them were, 273, just in this last year. So be careful with the autopilot kind of functions in any new vehicle that you might be driving in. There are reasons for it. You know, on the open road, hey, go for it, but don't, don't take a nap. It's still not a good idea. Google confirmed that its Android TV now offers access to more than 10,000 streaming apps, up from 7,000 apps just two years ago. Google's strategy includes expanding its gaming streaming appeal using the Stadia gaming platform. So you mentioned gaming. A lot of folks doing gaming and gaming streaming. I still don't get that. Especially Cameron likes to watch a couple of their of his favorite gamers playing games. And there's all these videos of just them playing games and commenting about it. He loves those. Yeah, I've never understood that. I, me either. It's like, if you're that into it, play the game. No, no, it's so much more fun to watch them play and talk about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a little confused by that, but what the heck. Yeah. Twitter is preparing to grant Elon Musk unprecedented access to platform data in an effort to address his concerns about automated accounts. Citing a person familiar with the company's thinking, the report says Twitter is preparing to give Musk access to the so-called Firehose API that contains every tweet as it is posted. In April, Musk committed to purchasing Twitter, but has grown increasingly vocal about possible bot activity on the platform. Yeah, which they said is, they being Twitter, said is less than 5%. Yeah. And Musk said, prove it. Yeah, it seems like they left a zero off. Yeah, <laughs> at least. Um, you know, taken as a whole, Twitter's Firehose API shows what a user would see if they followed every account on Twitter, although the sheer volume of data is impossible to obtain or parse without automation. Uh, nonetheless, it's one of the company's most closely held resources, partly because of its value for ad targeting and platform surveillance. Interesting. And the fact that they're caving, which is good. They should cave. I mean, this guy wants to spend a lot of money. What, $44 billion, I think yeah, it was? He's given him more than the company's worth. Yeah, much, much more. Then at the very least, let him see that it is more like 25% or something like that. And then he can renegotiate the price, which is only appropriate. You don't want to buy bots, robots that are not legit users. And that's what, no doubt, Twitter's afraid of. Uh-oh, they're, you know, they're on to us, or he's going to lower his price because we don't have that many real users. So we wish him well 
in that endeavor, and we'll stay on it, too, and let you know. Speculation that Netflix may acquire Roku has been growing amid reports that the latter has issued a stock freeze for its employees, a decision usually put in place to avoid any insider trading before a company announcement. Roku's assets could bring Netflix's advanced ad-supported plan into focus, according to some analysts. So don't be surprised if Netflix buys Roku because... Again, stock freeze for employees is the first indicator. Yeah, except, but you know, what are they? How are they going to pay for it? Because we keep hearing about Netflix losing money and having to raise prices and cut yeah. shows, and mm-hmm. so I don't know. How are they, they going to pay for uh, Roku? They probably got some money in their back pocket somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. Waymo and Uber, former legal foes and bitter rivals in the autonomous vehicle space, are teaming up to speed the adoption of driverless trucks. Waymo is integrating Uber Freight, the ride-hail company's truck brokerage, into the technology that powers its autonomous big rigs. This long-term strategic partnership will allow fleet owners to more quickly deploy trucks equipped with Waymo's autonomous driver for on-demand delivery routes offered by Uber Freight. Oh, autonomous driver. Yeah. Behind the, you know, well, you can't, it's not even really behind the wheel, but an autonomous big rig? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be on the road with that. <laughs> yeah. Although I've heard stats are that they seem to be even safer than the cars. And, and, and the story I did early on about, you know, 400 crashes of vehicles with the partially automated driver assist systems. So maybe because they've got a lot more tech involved you know, they have better stopping distances or something. I don't know. But they need to put something in these trucks, camera sensors, so that when, you know, there's kids, you know, on the side of the road doing that that, that uh, hand gesture with the horn, that'll then blow the horn, because that's the best thing about truck drivers, yeah. is getting them to blow the horn. Well, the best thing about truck drivers is that they do their job well, getting us our goods and yeah, services. They keep, the, they keep the country open. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, though. But the best thing for kids with truck yeah. drivers on the road is, yeah, the hand gesture of, let's hear the horn, and then you usually get a beep, beep. Yeah. yeah. Or bonk, bonk, whatever. But that's a good point. What are they going to do? They should have cameras on the sides to just watch for that gesture. There you go. Yeah. Here's another thing that Cameron will probably love. Facebook Gaming has rolled out Krata, a gaming platform similar to Roblox, that he loves, that lets users build an immersive world without a PC. Meta's Mark Zuckerberg said, A lot of times today I think people think about the metaverse as 3D experiences that you can have in virtual and augmented reality. But what Krata shows is that you can both build and enjoy these kinds of experiences really easily on all kinds of 2D environments, including just within the Facebook app, on phones, and on computers. Hmm. We'll see how that pans out. Yeah. Corby in Wasilla, Alaska, listens on KBYR. He used the Ask Dave button, we love that, at intotomorrow.com to participate. Hey, Corby. We live in a place where we don't get very good cell reception, and cells are our only uh, means of communication. Been trying to figure out what the best way to boost a cell phone would be. There's several options out there from 500 bucks plus, or I'm looking for something a little bit less. Anyway, thanks for all your help. Well, it's our pleasure, Corby. I hope we can be of some help. The $500 price limit will be an issue. As far as we can tell, an at-home signal booster for under $500 will pretty much limit you to a SureCall Fusion 4 home, the number 4 home, which is designed for homes up to 4,000 square feet and retails for around $300. Just about everything else that is reliable and designed for homes will cost you more. 
Yeah, for example, WeBoost does sell home boosters that cost around $350, but they're designed to boost the signal in one room. When you look into whole home systems, you go right back to $500 or more. Mm. Uh, there are generic devices from no-name brands. You can try one of those, and they do tend to cost less, but the reviews are not really great. Yeah, now, we've seen examples in which the signal is boosted as promised, but only with a device literally sitting on the transmitter. When moved even a few feet away, the signal dives right back down to nothing right away. SureCall and WeBoost have been around for a long time, and their devices will actually boost the signal as long as there is a signal to boost. So we'd recommend looking at one of their devices. Yeah, keep in mind that the, your signal outside is bad. There may not be much to boost, so don't expect any miracles. The booster will just take the existing signal and repeat it. Corby, let us know what you end up with, and of course, we'll meet you at intotomorrow.com. Nothing is more important than protecting your family and property. That's why you should make a free call right now to Vivint, the number one smart home services provider in the U.S. Vivint will make your home safer and more secure with a state-of-the-art system that's so simple to use. Vivint smart home specialists provide award-winning monitoring of your system 24-7, 365 to respond to any emergency, even when you can't. And with the 4.5-star rated Vivint smart home mobile app, control your entire house from anywhere. Locks, cameras, security system, all at your fingertips on your mobile device. Call Vivint now and get a free quote, professional installation, and full smart home service for as little as $2 per day. Equipment purchase or service agreement required. Conditions apply. Call now. A smart home is a safer home. So protect your family and your property, home or business, with a Vivint smart home system. Call 800-689-3005. 800-689-3005. That's 800-689-3005. 800-689-3005. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. And I'm Chris Graveline. Stay tuned. In just a few minutes, we'll be joined by Stephanie Drimmer. She's an author sharing tidbits from her new Nat Geo Kids book, Ultimate Book of the Future. Incredible, ingenious, and totally real tech that will change life as you know it. Oh, and you want to see the video of this interview. Really cool illustrations and cool stuff at intotomorrow.com. Taking a walk has some hidden benefits outside of just getting you from point A to point B. With this week's Into Tomorrow wellness tip brought to you by Human touch. Here's Victoria Ladock. Thanks, Dave. We know that daily walking is a great way to get in your physical activity. According to researchers, walking can also be linked to even more benefits. It counteracts the effect of weight-promoting genes. It helps tame a sweet tooth. Walking can reduce the risk of developing breast cancer. It also eases joint pain. And lastly, walking can boost immune function. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Victoria Ladock. Back to you, Dave. Thank you, Victoria. Always cool stuff. The Into Tomorrow Wellness Tip brought to you by Human Touch. For products that help you recover, revitalize, and relax every day, visit humantouch.com. The cool Into Tomorrow Hot Summer Giveaway. Man, do we have awesome goodies for you, especially this summer. And all you need to do is be heard on the air. That's it. A question, maybe help for another listener, some tech rage, whatever the case. If your call gets on the air, 
you win. It's that easy. What are some of the cool things we're sharing this year? Obvious Solutions sent several each of their Minder laptop tower stands and their Minder portable folding Bluetooth keyboard. Oh, from Skosh. Oh, always sending us goodies to share with you, like their GoBat 5K portable power bank, Magic Mount Pro Charge 5 with MagSafe and Qi-enabled phones, or QI, if you will. Limitless Innovations sent several of their Tiki Tunes Bluetooth speakers with LED flickering flame effect. They sound good and they look even cooler. From Pivo, their Pod Active you can capture video and images with 360 degree motion tracking, target exposure, and auto zoom. They sent several for us to share with you. And we're already getting several requests for this, no surprise. Yeah. Bike.com provided a Denago 48 volt electric bike valued at $1,500. Man, everybody wants that. Smart security light with cameras from Hampton Products International, smart pan and tilt indoor cameras, smart power strips and surge protectors, smart adjustable white floodlight bulbs, and outdoor smart plugs. Everything's smart from Hampton. And from SureCall, a Fusion To Go Max cell phone signal booster for your car. Stay tuned, call in, win stuff. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline, our 27th year covering the latest in cool consumer tech. And of course, that always includes things like products and services and gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of things available today and into tomorrow. When you participate on the show, you really make the broadcast. So don't hesitate, not just because we have the cool Into Tomorrow hot summer giveaway well underway with $10,000 plus worth of goodies, but because you make the show. Your calls, your help for other listeners, your tech rage, whatever the case, we want to hear you on the air. And then, automatically, you win. So don't hesitate to join us. Use the free Into Tomorrow app. That's an easy way. Hit that message to studio button or visit our website and click on the Ask Dave microphone at intotomorrow.com or the old-fashioned way still works. You can call us anytime toll-free in North America, 800-899-INTO, 1-800-899-4686.
Flying cars, rockets, and robots are no longer just sci-fi fantasy. Our next guest shares exciting advances in cool, high-tech stuff and takes kids on a fascinating journey of discovery in her new book, for National Geographic Kids. We invite you, of course, especially if you're just listening on the radio right now, to check out the video at intotomorrow.com because the author of this book that I'm holding up and we're showing you various illustrations from, it's the ultimate book of the future. Incredible, ingenious, and totally real tech that will change life as you know it. It's Stephanie Drimmer. Stephanie, welcome into tomorrow. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. When we first got this book, I thought, this is fascinating. And then I handed it to my 10-year-old grandson who wouldn't put it down. And I thought, okay, that's a good sign. We definitely need to get <laughs> Stephanie on the show because he was blown away by a lot of the stuff in here. Uh, kids, no doubt, discovering what's coming soon in various areas, including, as I mentioned, robotics and bionics and space travel, a whole bunch more. What prompted you to write this ultimate book of the future? So the idea was, you know, let's not talk about future tech that's coming in maybe 100 years, 200 years. <clears throat> let's talk about what is the world going to look like in the 2050s when kids now are adults. And so aside from a few um, intentional uh, intentional exceptions. Every piece of technology in this book is something that is really happening, really in development. It's got a prototype, it's got a patent, it's got a team of people working on it. That doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, everything is going to be part of everyone's future, yeah. but this is all real stuff. Oh, very cool. And of course, you know, Cameron asked the questions that I expected of him as he's flipping through as well. And he wants to know more about the robots. And, you know, he's familiar with the uh, the RoboRock vacuum cleaner robot and, you know, things like that around the house. But he asked the same question. So when are robots going to be our everyday helpers and companions? Uh, and are we going to have flying cars by the time I get old enough to drive one? Will I be going to school, maybe high school in a flying car? I mean, it, it generated those kind of questions, which I think is truly fascinating. Yeah, that's great to hear. I love that. Um, I think the flying cars is an especially cool example because this is something that people have been predicting was just around the corner for over a hundred years. Yeah, that's been a pretty big corner for a hundred years. Right? right, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, maybe you know this, it certainly surprised me, but the first flying car prototype came out in 1911. Oh, yeah. uh, so as you can imagine, it did not work very well. Um, and, you know, a hundred, over a hundred years later, we still don't have flying cars, but we're finally at a point when I feel pretty confident saying that that is one piece of technology that we are almost certainly going to see in the future. Um, there are a ton of companies with flying car prototypes. Yeah. They have done test runs with humans um, and a ton of companies are working on sort of the logistics side now. You know, where are we gonna open these flying car ports? Where are they gonna take off and land? Um, and one of the major proposed ideas is it'll be in you know, high transit, short distance areas. So maybe from Manhattan to JFK airport. Um, as a former New Yorker, I can tell you that that is a not very fun 
hour-long subway commute <laughs> yes. and hopefully with flying cars it'll be around six minutes so that's wow. pretty exciting yeah that is exciting and of course we've interviewed some of those companies here on into tomorrow and and it is fascinating but one of the questions that nobody seems to be able to answer until it starts happening is you know our, our roads are crowded enough what's going to happen when we're flying in the air going to and from you know if it's if it's set areas like you mentioned manhattan to jfk or something obviously a lot more controlled and controllable but boy the future is a little scary too i think uh, to see what's going to happen and now do we have things dropping from the sky because of a fender bender or that kind of thing so it kind of makes you wonder Right. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, fortunately, with flying cars, we'll have three dimensions to work with instead of two dimensions like we do now. So there will be quite a bit more room. But yeah, I think you're right that the future holds all kinds of not only unforeseen cool things, but unforeseen problems that we can't imagine. Now, in your Nat Geo Ultimate Book of the Future, what are some of the formerly far out, maybe futuristic trends that you now see as to, as you put it earlier, right around the corner? I mean, flying cars is a major one. Um, space travel is another huge one. We've been talking about going to Mars for a very long time. And that's another thing that, you know, we really, we really are at the cusp of taking a trip to Mars. Um, probably won't be NASA or, or it will be NASA in collaboration with a private company. Um, but uh, there are a ton of experiments going on right now on the International Space Station to help us determine, you know, what are the problems we need to solve to make a Mars colony happen? Like, um, how does a long-term space trip, because a trip to Mars would take about two years, how would that affect the human body? Um, mm -hmm. How are we going to grow our own food so that astronauts can get fresh food? Um, and so we've grown food on the ISS. Astronauts have eaten a space salad that they grew themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, and uh, recycling water is a really big one because water is so heavy and uh, the water on Mars is not readily accessible. So how are we either going to access that water that is uh, frozen on Mars or how are we going to bring water along? And if we do that, how do we conserve every single drop of it? Um, something that, you know, also benefits us back at home, figuring out how to recycle our resources. Oh, you, you ask a, a, a lot of very good questions, many of which you talk about, of course, in your book. And I think that's what's really cool, especially for kids. Is the book geared for a specific age group? Uh, wh what is the, you know, to and from that you're, you're figuring are your biggest audience? Yeah, it's written for um, kids who are in the 8 to 12 range. Uh, but, you know, I've heard from a lot of people that adults are getting a kick out of it, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's perfect for 10-year-old Cameron. But all of us here in the studios have been flipping through it as well and saying, oh, this is awesome. You know, everybody's pointing to the cities of tomorrow or into tomorrow, if you will. Always got to get the show name in there. Uh, and mm -hmm. you talk a lot about what to expect from the cities of tomorrow. Uh, what are some of the ideas you can throw out at us? Um, I think, you know, we don't necessarily realize this, but cities are really not designed around people. They're designed around cars. Yeah. Um, cities are oriented uh, for roadways and huge portions of our cities are devoted to parking lots. And as we move into a future where people don't necessarily own their own personal car, you know, we're either using flying cars or um, public transportation like high-speed trains, or we're using fleets of self-driving cars or drones that are transporting us around. 
Um, so there's not going to be this huge need uh, for space for cars, which opens up a lot of cool possibilities. What can we do with all of this space? And um, I mean, the way that uh, we're hoping that that leans is towards more green spaces. Um, let's make cities have more trees and plants, um, better for our air quality, better for our mental health, um, better for the biodiversity of the planet, you know, habitat for plants and animals and insects um, to, to come and live, share our cities. Um, so I think in the future, we're gonna actually see our, you know, the future doesn't always involve visual changes, but I think our cities will actually look a lot different in the near future. And of course, in your ultimate book of the future, a lot of incredible and genius and totally real tech. But again, especially as it relates to the kids reading this book, what are some of the crazy ideas that perhaps we or they have dreamed about that you think are likely never going to come true, but at least fun to talk about? Yeah, um, that I found that topic so fun that I had to make it a feature in every chapter of the book called <laughs> yes. Future Fail. Um, so there's a future fail in every chapter of the book. And, you know, we're looking at things that were predicted maybe by the Jetsons or Star Trek, you know, um, things like uh, warp drive or force fields that were just sort of ubiquitous parts of technology in these sci-fi worlds, and we still don't have them. And these are things that, unlike the rest of the tech in the book, we are nowhere close to having. In some cases, they may be uh, impossible according to the laws of physics. Mm. And um, but they are fun to think about. That you know, we have all these cool ideas that are just nope, a total fail. Yep. Oh, and it gives us something extra to look for in every chapter, which makes it even more fun. And you write extensively for kids, but I, I'm curious about how do you learn to capture the attention of this very highly distractible age group because my first thought was, okay, Cameron's going to flip through a few pages and then go right back to his phone because that's so important, right? For, for every kid, it seems, especially, well, every adult for that matter these days. But it's especially hard, I think, to capture the attention of the kids. How'd you do it? You know, I'm not sure that kids are that much more highly distractible than you and I. I think we're all living in a very distractible time, like you said, with our phones, our devices. Oh, yeah. uh, but I think, you know, to make it into the book, all of this tech had to pass a wow test. You know, did it blow me away? And if so, you know, it was something that probably I hope would blow other people away. And um, I mean, I think that sometimes we don't give kids enough credit for how smart they are, how much they can understand. And so there's a lot of, you know, pretty cool stuff, quantum mechanics and other advanced topics in this book that, you know, it's just written in a way that, that kids can grasp and in a way that will, you know, impact their lives directly. Oh, for sure. You talk also about future food, high-tech entertainment, transportation, building better bodies, saving the world. I mean, there's so much in this book that we highly recommend, natgeokids.com. You can learn more about it, uh, but it is available now, I'm assuming, yes? Yes, it just came out this week, and you should be able to get it anywhere books are sold. Terrific. Well, Stephanie Drimmer, the author of The Ultimate Book of the Future, incredible, ingenious, and totally real tech that will change life as you know it. Thank you so much for joining us. We could talk for a, a much longer time, but I know you're in high demand, so we'll see if we can get you back on the show at some point in the near future. Fascinating stuff. Keep up the good work, and thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for having me. Ah, it's my pleasure. 
pleasure. Stephanie, again, the author of the ultimate book of the future, Nat Geo Kids. Dot com. We'll get you there, of course, as we do with all of our guests when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. Meantime, there's more to come. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned right here on the Advanced Media Network. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Remember, call in, win stuff. Thank you. And thank you. And I'm Dave Graveline here. I'm Chris Graveline here. And this portion of Into Tomorrow here is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. If you want to become a podcaster, Blueberry Podcasting makes it easy to publish, analyze, and grow your show. Visit blubrry.com. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech History. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. Here's Chris. This week in 1868, American inventor Christopher Scholes patented the Scholes and Glidden typewriter. This was the first commercially successful typewriter and the first to introduce the QWERTY keyboard, as opposed to an alphabetic layout. After several short-lived attempts to manufacture the device, the machine was acquired by E. Remington & Sons in early 1873. Remington, a firearms manufacturer, further refined the typewriter before finally placing it on the market on July 1st of 1874. Skippy! I'm so happy! The Scholes and Glidden could only print in uppercase letters and was a blind writer, meaning the typist could not see what was being written as it was entered. Oh, well, that's not good. So I guess with that typewriter, you were always screaming at people. Yeah. Gee. In 1948 this week, Columbia Records announced that it was offering a new vinyl light long-playing record that could hold 23 minutes of music on each side. One of the first LPs produced was the original cast recording of the Broadway show South Pacific. Critics quickly scoffed at the notion of LPs, since those heavy, breakable 10-inch 78 RPM discs, with only one song on each side, were selling at an all-time high. It, it didn't take very long, though, for the 33 and a third RPM album and its 7-inch 45 RPM cousin to revolutionize the music industry and the record-buying habits of millions. In 1994 this week, NASA's Space Station Processing Facility, a new state-of-the-art manufacturing building for the International Space Station, officially opened at Kennedy Space Center. All systems are functioning within normal parameters. After completion of the ISS in 2011, the factory was dormant for several months until early 2012 when the building was slightly refurbished for the moving in of space companies such as SpaceX to manufacture, process, and load up spacecraft such as Dragon and onboard payloads. No problemo. In 1998 this week, Windows 98 was released. Microsoft used the slogan, works better, plays better. The company said the new operating system would bring an increased computer experience by providing a rich feature set for a wider variety of users than ever before. Interest in the new release was also increased by the publicity generated by the U.S. Justice Department's antitrust suit against Microsoft. 
And this week in 2004, Spaceship One lifted off from the Mojave Desert in the initial stage of the first attempted commercial space flight. The aircraft was designed by aerospace designer Bert Rutan, built with more than $20 million in funding by billionaire Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen, and was piloted by Michael Melville. Spaceship One reached an altitude of more than 62 miles. Wow. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the global innovation show since 1924 for consumer tech and home appliances. Get more info at ifa-berlin.com. And while you're at it, hit us up at intotomorrow.com. take a lot of medicine or take care of someone that does? Hero is the new smart device that makes life easier by pre-sorting a 90-day supply of up to 10 different pills. Just pour them in and Hero does the rest. So easy to use and saves me so much time. I never miss a dose. I'm never late for a dose anymore. And that is so critical to me. What I like best about my Hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use. And I don't have to worry about my pills or get distracted and forget, did I take that pill or not? Because it reminds me. It alerts and dispenses with the push of a button. Plus, Hero sends a friendly alert to you and a caregiver. Hero is amazing, but you could even live out of state with the person and still program their Hero from the convenience of your phone. I feel better than I have ever felt simply because I have this device. Try Hero risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, you don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800-613-2715. Call now. Let's start this Into Tomorrow segment with a fun tech tidbit. The mobile phone throwing world championships, yep, are held in Finland. A recent winner said he prepared for the event by mainly drinking. <laughs> I'm Dave Graveline. Welcome back. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet. Enjoy more of everything the Internet has to offer. Text RADIO to 35000 for more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. And once again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there this weekend. Be sure and take care of dad, especially with a tech gift or two or a hundred. Oh, and a happy birthday to Fausto, one of our Into Tomorrow staffers whose birthday it is this week. So happy birthday to him. Do you get our free once-a-week tech newsletter? Uh, Chris is shaking his head yes, and that's good because he has to. It's a condition of employment. However, everyone listening doesn't have to. We just hope you want to. When you visit us at intotomorrow.com, little box pops up. We ask you put in only your email address. That's all we ask for. And we share it with no one, always keeping your privacy. And then once a week you'll get our tech newsletter on Thursday nights, Eastern Time. There's tech news. We tell you who's on the show this week. We tease a couple of the calls that we'll address and how we're going to take care of some things and some hmm thoughts to make you smile and other goodies. Yeah, like this week, is it bad or even dangerous to leave a smartphone plugged in as you sleep? Oh. The answer is complicated, as are many things regarding batteries. So uh, we tell you more about that in this week's Into Tomorrow tech newsletter. There you go. So you want to be receiving it. And then here's the other key. When you put your email address in, watch your email. Check your spam filter. 
shelter in case, you'll get a subsequent email that says, we're confirming. Click here to confirm that you want it. It's a double opt-in thing because we don't spam anyone. And where do you sign up again? At intotomorrow.com. 